Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It's episode 120. We had a lot of things planned for this episode. We might have had Steve Gelbs on. We were thinking about maybe doing a bullpen episode, and then Steve Cohen said, fuck all of that. You're doing an episode on the Mets signing Carlos Correa to a 12-year deal. I am still wrapping my head around this. I assume you are as well, my co-host, Jerry Blevins. Jerry, just raw thoughts here. First of all, shout out to, to Danielle um on twitter <laughs> she said i can't wait that was my first thing i said or i read when i woke up uh and i opened twitter after my three-year-old smacked me in the face <laughs> uh was i can't wait for jolly and jerry to wake up and i was like what happened in the mets universe <laughs> um wow wow i thought it was a ploy i thought their actual conversations with carlos correa were a just a, a drive the price up kind of deal, and they for which it did. It forced San Francisco to go big time, um, but they weren't messing around. I am oh. so shocked. The power bats that the Mets were looking for, um, that player, the young, they went, <laughs> they got some youth into his <laughs> old, but like I'm just absolutely blown away at at this signing. Blown away. It's I. I'm still like having trouble wrapping my head around it because I had the same wake up as you did a little bit later. Um, and I thought it was like, you know, joking around at first. And I don't, I don't think I'm ever going to live down the sleepy guy moniker. I was the one that slept through the 12 inning giants game back in May that the Mets almost won and came back in. And then I got a lot of, you know, fun stuff for that. This is never going to end. Um, but with this Mets signing, I mean, the, so he signed with the giants a week ago, we saw yesterday with the Associated Press. So when you see baseball news in the Associated Press, you have to take that kind of heavily because they're not a, a, a outlet that really reports on that kind of thing. And they reported the snafu in his medical. And I don't know if there was some kind of disagreement between the sides. I think the Giants wanted to pull out to maybe renegotiate or something like that. And credit to Steve Cohen and the Mets brass because they were on this thing. They swooped in at the last second. They must have a nice connection with Scott Boris because I think – he was very willing to entertain that immediately. And the Mets get him for a price that was probably cheaper than their initial offer last week. I don't know. I feel like that's probably the offer they made. Yeah. I feel like so? they were probably like, look, man, we like your medicals. They, when you're a free agent, teams, the first thing they do is reach out to your agent or the your former team and say, we would like to take a look at his medical information. So they right. get the whole file on you. And they can check it out and they can see what's going on. Obviously, you go in for further testing. You agree to a contract. You go in and get MRIs, whatever the case may be. Uh, but the Mets seem to not mind whatever the, the popped up. It could have been, you know, my, my first thought was like there's a hip issue, which Ooh. is pretty normal for guys. Yeah. Um, something that might require surgery in the offseason. I had hip surgery in 2010 right after the season. And it, I didn't miss a beat. I was in spring training, you know, um, these are things that, that are minor. So I'm, I'm curious to see, I can't wait for that tea to be spilled because, um, I, I can't wait to, to see what Carlos Correa said. We already know he's not afraid to be a villain. Yeah. Um, with the way he stood up for him and his teammates himself, he did the whole, it's my time now after the home run, um, so I'm interested to see he's, he's going to speak his mind and speak the truth. Uh, <laughs> and I can't wait. 
I mean, I'm really glad you brought up that point because I think this is important for all Mets fans to hear. We kind of we kind of know it by now, but you go back to that 2015 team. They're they're lovable underdogs. They catch lightning in a bottle. They ride it to the World Series. It's this really feel good story. Uh, people are really gonna not like the Mets if they're not a Mets fan. I think we kind of have to embrace the fact that we are behaving like the Yankees of old and kind of the Yankees of current, because they still spend a lot of money this season. And Carlos Correa is going to be the face of that. You mentioned that he's, he's not afraid to kind of be that villain. And I mean, when you look at this Mets team that is now committed $806.1 million to free agents, just this winter, 4.6 of Steve Cohen's reported net worth percent of that, you kind of have to look at the team and say, okay, this is like looking like an evil empire. He's doing whatever it takes in this ruthless path, this ruthless endeavor to win a World Series in three to five years. And the Mets get arguably the greatest poster boy they could have possibly gotten for that moniker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this is the one. This is the one that blew my mind. This yeah. is the one. The Verlander thing is high AAV, short term contract feels so long ago you don't have to sacrifice anything um same thing they did with scherzer uh that made sense they went out and signed edwin diaz who really young to a five-year deal he spent 100 million but again edwin diaz was otherworldly and the best on the market people would have paid that like they needed a closer Right. If he would have left, they would have kind of been in shambles a little bit in the bullpen. Not even a little bit. They would have been in complete shambles Big time. in the bullpen. Big time. Um, so that made sense. Uh, who else did they sign? Quintana, very Quintana was a great deal. They traded New for year. Brooks Raley. You know, Brooks they... Raley trade was smart. Uh you Robertson. Had, yeah, the yeah, where David Robertson was a guy, again, a, a short-term deal. A Kodai Singa was kind of a, a wild card flip of the coin. But this one blows my mind this blows my mind i you know i was thinking that he's like yeah i'm I'm pushing this 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 tax threshold the stevie cohen tax we're gonna pay it i'm gonna i'm gonna it's gonna be a lot but uh that's fine and i was like all right well maybe maybe they go out for conforto to add some power from the left side which is he's still out there who knows now i don't know he might be (laughs) but um, but Correa, man, I, I did not see it coming. I mean, you mentioned pushing the luxury tax before this is, you know, obliterating it and proving it to be, you know, just a non-factor in their spending efforts. Um, I, I'm still like really trying to not be discombobulated when I'm saying this, but yeah, Carlos, we forgot Brandon Nemo for $162 million, basically the entirety of the rotation. They just threw $15 million at a catcher last week for fun. Adam Adovino yesterday for another 15 million money is no object to Steve Cohen. It really is not. And I think we, we kind of saw it. We, we saw the Lindor deal. We got really amped up about that. The Scherzer deal in response to a lot of things, spreading the money on Escobar and Marte and Canna. This is something that has never happened in sports history. There's nothing that you can really compare this spending spree to in terms of the fact that Steve Cohen is spending 20 times the amount of worth that other franchises in his own league are worth just in general. And it's just, it's so bizarre because for a Mets fan since, you know, for the past decade plus, 
I, in 2015, I was amped up for Michael Kandire on two years and I think $20 million. You know, I was, when Jason Bay signed initially, I was like, this is a dream come true. That was a big deal, though. That was it a big It was deal. a big deal. Don't get me wrong. Those were all huge signings. Don't bring that up right now. Mets I'm fans sorry, don't want to hear about sorry, Jason Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and with this, it's just one domino after the other because I didn't really expect Verlander. And then it happened and I was excited. We both kind of thought Nimmo was out the door a little bit because of the competition. He comes back. We're even more excited. Kodai Senga comes over for a cheaper price than we expected. We're excited. This is a different emotion that I don't I don't think I've ever felt before. This is like almost comical disbelief that this happened. Comical yeah, disbelief. it's going to uh, those owners meetings are going to be interesting. They're going to be some phone mad. calls. They are mad. Jerry Reinsdorf in Chicago is not feeling real happy. Um, apart from that, I love the deal for for Correa. Yeah, I love it. He's love it. only going to be 28 next year. This is his second foray into, into free agency. He couldn't get a big deal his first time. He sees all these guys, Dansby and, and Trey Turner, getting these huge deals, and he feels left out. He's probably yeah. He was probably the best defender amongst that group, Xander Bogarts, too. He was best probably arm the, for sure. the best arm, um, probably the most consistent hitter, I would say. Um, top to bottom, he kind of – He's a 20 homer guy. Um, I mean, do you want to, do you want to do the resume? Yeah, right let's now? do a quick scouting report because you know, the, he's been in the American league his whole career. So, yeah. So this guy's former rookie of the year, two-time all-star won the 17 world series with the Astros asterisk. We all know that a gold glove, a platinum glove on top of that, which I think is a huge deal. He has one, two, three, four, five seasons of an OPS plus above 130, meaning he's 30% better than the league average hitter. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six seasons of at least 20 home runs. This guy has been the epitome of consistency, basically only one down year, and that was in 2020, which was kind of a weird year for everybody. And last year, he kind of took a bet on himself with the Minnesota Twins, quietly had a good year because the Twins didn't do much last season. They battled for the AL Central, but ultimately fell out. Still put up the 291 batting average and 834 OPS, 64 RBIs, 24 doubles, 22 home runs. Still drew a ton of walks as well. The strikeouts might be a little bit of an alarm for some fans, but I don't think any fan is upset with 12 for 315 for Carlos Correa, who is only going to be, as you said, 28 years old. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> Jerry, your laugh is like <laughs> I am laughing. It's crazy to me. Uh this is this is the dream. This is the dream. Also kind of a nightmare. Because yeah. again, you're gonna be the villains. You're gonna be you're gonna the target is one hundred percent on the back of the Mets. Everybody besides Mets fans want to see the Mets fail, I yeah. think. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Um but I, I like it, man. I, yeah. I love Correa. I, I mean, the fact that Minnesota, a couple of things. Minnesota, who doesn't do really long-term deals, did a short-term deal for Carlos Correa for the one-year high AAV, and then they offered him another huge contract because they say he's changed the way their organization feels. So he's uh, he's a glue guy. Yeah. In a clubhouse, he's a glue guy in an organization. He's at 28 years old. The twins who don't spend, who are notoriously good at like developing their guys and keeping them in house, said, "We got a taste of you. 
we want to keep you around for the long term to help our ball club. The San Francisco Giants went out, tried to get Aaron Judge, and failed because Aaron Judge is one of those type of guys. Right. Then they made a huge push for Carlos Correa and actually agreed to a deal. That interview process, they're not going to bring in a, a, a sour grapes kind of guy. They're not going to bring in a, a wet blanket style player, a very selfish player. Unbelievable. And the fact that Steve Cohen and, and Billy Epler and those guys um, were like, hey, right away, okay, come back. We don't care. Yeah. We don't care about whatever the medical issue is. Our offer still stands. Let's sign it. Boom. It's unbelievable. I mean, I Jared, like you mentioned those Minnesota twins. They're really good at developing homegrown talent. Greg Harvey, who gives us great stats sometimes, uh, has the top team spending over the last three off seasons. Twins are up there. They're 10th overall at $355 million spent through the past three seasons. The Mets, who are number one, have now spent five times that amount at $1.6 billion. Uh, just a SERP, like $800 million more than any other team, second place being the Yankees. Um you look at the combined OPS plus of the infield now from last season, Pete Alonso, 143, Jeff McNeil, 143, Francisco Lindor, 127, Carlos Correa, 140. That's an infield that's basically collectively 40% better than the league average infield. Um, and one thing we actually haven't talked about is that the Mets have a couple of young guys that we thought they were kind of excited about, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, a couple third basemen. Um, those guys are, are blocked now. It's done. So what's going to happen? Is Brett Beatty now a left fielder? Is he a trade candidate now? Is he a DH? There's a lot of questions to answer with this new surplus of talent you have. And Carlos Correa and Francisco Lindor are your left side of the infield for the next decade plus. Like those are going to be two lifetime Mets guys that will get up to the top five, maybe even top three of all time Mets hitters. And that hasn't set in for me yet until I spoke it out loud. <laughs> Crazy. Sleepy jolly. He's Damn. just, all this is fresh off the top. Um, Crazy. It's crazy. Uh, the Brett Beatty thing, I, I think he needed seasoning anyway. There was a yeah. lot of talk about him being on the team and possibly playing over Escobar. I thought Escobar was the guy coming in, and he was going to be. I guarantee I forgot it. about Eduardo Escobar. What happens to yeah, him? Yeah, he's a trade candidate uh, or a bench, a, a off the bench, you know, kind of guy. Maybe Love. that's, you know, that's your, I don't know. Um, that's interesting. But Beatty, Vientos needed seasoning. Beatty's exciting. Vientos doesn't have a position anyway. Right. Um, doesn't project to be a, a, a DH first baseman style anyway with Pete Alonso there. Um, the one guy that I'm curious about, those guys are going to AAA. They might be trade pieces. Who knows? It's, Who it knows? happened. They're not the only guys to ever be blocked behind a, a superstar. Um, shout out to Ronnie Mauricio, who is the Dominican Winter League MVP. Jesus. Who played a great. He can also still find a spot on this team. It's yeah. not... Um, but Francisco Alvarez, does he fit on this team? I don't know. I'd the like Omar Narvaez so. thing shocks me that they signed him. Right. Because you have Nito, you have McCann, um, and Alvarez. So you have four catchers, four big league catchers. Yeah, I mean, the, the youth movement from the Mets' top prospect list kind of got a halt this morning. And, I mean, it's it's exciting for us. And, you know, I, I still think Alvarez could is a guy that can make this opening day lineup and all that and – what a squad of guys to learn from and really assimilate with. I mean, we, we, we talk a lot about, you know, getting proven winners on the ball club. Um, 
And I mean, now we have two guys that have won. One of them won a World Series last year in Justin Verlander. One of them, you know, won a World Series while being the greatest baseball villain maybe ever. And if you needed two guys to kind of lead the charge and really instill some expertise and wisdom into the younger guys on your roster, I think you found a pretty good pair. Yeah, man. Uh, it's super impressive. Super impressive what they've been able to do. I, I, I am not sure how I feel about it. Like, okay. I love it. I love it. I think it's great. You're spending money. You have it. Do what you got to do. He's not breaking any rules. Um, and you're not guaranteed to win anything. That's true. Guys have underperformed. So um, I, I like the move. You know, I'm thinking about the economics of the game of baseball. Yeah. Um, all I know is there's guys out there getting paid what they deserve. They, they are not overpaying for anybody. He Carlos Correa is less than what was actually offered him. Um, Justin Verlander deserved what he got. He's he's a Hall of Famer. Same with Max Scherzer. Same with Brandon Nimmo. Same with Edwin Diaz. You know, it's 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 wild to think that this is what you can do um, with with your empty like absolute bottomless pockets. This yeah, is man. incredible. And uh, for Alvarez, yeah. I, I up until today, I thought Alvarez was your everyday catcher because they lacked a, a power, another power bat, and that's right. what he projects to be. They're gonna they're gonna let him be a guy that just flounders if he needs to be. Let him get his 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 sea legs underneath him. Um, I don't know anymore because Correa is going to be that guy. I imagine. So here's my lineup. There's here's my lineup off the top of my head: Brandon sure. Nemo. Yeah. Jeff McNeil batting second. Francisco Lindor third. Pete Alonso fourth. And then Carlos Correa fifth. That's a banger so, one through five. That is a banger one through five. Carlos Correa protects Pete Alonso. Yeah. I mean, okay. we've been we've been looking for that forever. Like forever who is going to protect Pete Alonso. Can anybody yep. step up and do it? And now he has that secure. Also, if you're Pete Alonso and Jeff McNeil. What are you thinking right now? Are you thinking, hey, Steve Cohen, can I get a deal as well? Can we get something going so I can get locked up too? I guarantee it. Yeah, um, yeah that's wild, dude. Um, well, I mean, you think back to the 06 Mets, you're thinking about the core of Wright and Reyes and Delgado and Beltron, and this is the future. And we're looking at that core now. This is that core, these five guys of Nemo, Correa, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil. That needs to be the Mets for the next decade. And if you can kind of lock up those two guys on top of it, you're going to be in that a hundred win category. You you have a chance for that every year, which is, you know, the Mets just had their second best season in franchise history last year. And Steve Cohen is putting you in a position to do that now every single season. Yeah. Just an absolute headspin. <laughs> absolute. Head spin. It really is. It really is a, like a whirlwind. Like the baseball world, the Twitter verse exploded. Um, it's wild. Everybody's feeling the same way because <laughs> I feel like the Giants, I feel bad for Giants fans. I, you know what? I was going to say that this morning and I kind of didn't want to like damper anything for Mets fans, but yeah, I feel really bad for Giants fans. They, I don't, first of all, I feel bad like this much bad. Yeah. You know why? <laughs> because I was on the other side of the bay when they won three World Series, you know, every yeah, you other know year, what? 12, Actually, 14. Yeah, so uh, I don't feel that bad for them. But they're a, a rabid fan base that loves the Giants. They show up to the ballpark a lot. And 
they were really excited to have Aaron Judge come home, and he used used the leverage to to sign with the Yankees, which is his right. But this one is self inflicted. It feels like yeah. If this was like a ticky tack thing, uh, a negotiating maneuver, you you gambled and you lost. You gambled and you yeah. lost big time. You know, for for every guy that that bets on himself and has a tough year and doesn't sign a huge contract, there's there's guys out there that have a great year. There for every team that that gambles on a guy and and signs to a long term, these are gambles. These are rolls of the dice, and they 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 might have played their tip their hand a little bit and said, you know, we got you have one more little negotiating tactic, and he said, oh yeah, hold on. Steve, <laughs> was that deal still on the table? Done. And just said, like, it might have been like, oh, is this where you're going to be? Like, I don't think it is because have in my small dealings with the San Francisco Giants, very small. Farhan and I are, you know, kind of together from the Oakland, day, Oakland days. And right, then right, we right. were in camp together. Nothing but respect. Um I don't think it was like a ticky tack negotiating tactic, but again, this is one of the things where I, I'm looking forward to see this press conference. I just had an awesome press conference with Verlander, by right. the way, if you want to talk about that in a little bit later part of this episode, which was fantastic. Uh, there was some really key pieces that I wrote down. Awesome. Uh, but this is one of those like theft ha 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 moments uh where we we got a guy from underneath another organization uh and he comes happily i believe i think he i think he's really excited to come over here the couple of puerto rican guys come and reunited with correa and and lindor this is how he felt with baez but i like correa whole lot more hundred times better as a ball player as a clubhouse guy than i do Baez. i don't know Baez at all i don't know him but what i do know of him came out a little bit in his short stint with the mets but i do know that that carlos correa everywhere he's went people love what he brings to the ball club every day um so this is an exciting side yeah and i it's yeah i mean you you encapsulated most of my thoughts there i I think you did a good job I mean, this is the only team he was willing to move to third base for, which Carlos Correa's arm at third base is going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, we can think about the implications of the roster all day, but at the end of the day, it's just it's just good fun, man. I mean, baseball is forever changed because of Steve Cohen, uh, for better or for worse, we'll see. But, you know, you think back to a year ago, I mean, we're thinking right now about these players getting paid insane deals, if we're being completely honest. Last year, we were on the verge of a lockout. We weren't sure when we were going to see baseball again. One year later, um, the Mets have completely broken the concept of MLB free agency. I think uh, we might see another lockout because <laughs> I think the owners are going to. I think they're mad. Yeah, and I think they're going to like uh, it'll be because uh, you're going to probably see even more so. The owners might be happy with what's happening because Cross now they can say. Yeah, that's what they're good. They can now say, like, we need a salary cap because Steve going, you can't keep doing this. I know, I know. Poor billionaires (laughs) spending their money. When, when, when. We just saw Elon Musk waste 40 40 billion on Twitter. Talk Uh, to him, Jerry. Talk to him. Yeah, this is actually has like benefits. There's a lot of people I know that are so happy right now. City Field better have the most capacity crowds in team history next season. I hope so. 
I want to see Mets fans show up. I want to see these. There cannot be an empty seat at a wild card game. There can't be. There's no way. Come on. Yeah. So um, I hope they show up for for their own, you know, their own. And and Steve Cohen, what he's done as a Mets fan for the Mets fans, uh, for himself too, because he loves the Mets. I I mean, I hope you show up for him. Yeah. Um, You want to talk about your presser? Yeah. Let's talk about Verlander. Did you watch it or did you see it at all? So I didn't get the chance to because I was commuting to the city, which takes yeah. an absurdly long time. But I got the uh, some of the highlights after. But why don't you take me through it? Yeah, so it was you know nice and simple, um, normal press conference. But what there's a few things that I heard Justin Verlander talk about that are only reiterated with what's you know the the goings on of lately. He talked about taking a leap of faith based on Steve Cohen. They go, what was the deciding factor? And he goes, Steve, one word. He said, Steve, um, he signed early. He signed right after Jacob deGrom signed. Right. Um, and he was promised a direction of a franchise by Steve Cohen. And he said, you know, that was a leap of faith. I trusted this man to put a team around me that's going to try to win a world series that, that, that I'm trying to change the face of a franchise with winning attitudes, with winning work ethics, with winning ways, team first oriented, let's move forward. Um, I think we're seeing that. Uh, he talked about a, like a positive mindset. Um, oh, back on the leap of faith. So the, the, the leap of faith, I don't think players are going to have to do that anymore. Do you remember when Arenado signed that long-term deal and then immediately was bickering with their, their front office and For ownership? The Rockies, yeah. Yeah. Because he took a leap of faith because the Rockies said, Hey, you know, you sign, we're going to surround you with great players, sign this extension. You can be a Rocky for life. We're going to, we're going to fill these, you know, this roster with great talent. Because one thing, Denver is always there for the Rockies. Rain or shine, right, right, sickness right. And, and health, th- that team shows up. So uh, those fan, that fan base shows up. And Arenado right away lost faith in an organization because he felt lied to and, and misled. And they ended up trading him. This leap of faith, that will no longer have to happen. Like nobody is going to question what Steve Cohen is doing um because it's clear because he's done it time and time again this is a destination for players to feel like they're going to be put on a team because bottom line this is a game this is a game where everybody's trying to win the world series and if you get a bunch of like-minded people that aren't selfish trying to win it just is so conducive for to create winners to create people to be fun to show up to work every day not worrying about you know internal bickering or or what are we trying to do here playing meaningful baseball at all times trying to win not not trying to you know stay under the salary cap or trying to be good enough to get traded this is a ball club trying to win a world series no doubt about it organizationally they're still trying to grow to create amazing ball players to field an amazing team to win a world series every year free agents and are, are going to want to come to New York. It's going to be great. I mean, so. Jerry, we, we, we lost one unranked prospect this season via trade. Everything else was protected. 
The Mets have the exact same future as they did before, except for the fact that they spent $800 million to commit to winning now as well. This is like the Dodgers on steroids, dude. They like, they also are gaining one with with uh, Jacob deGrom. They get, right. a, they get a draft pick totally in compensation. Right. And Chris Bassett as well. That's another pick. Yeah, and Bassett. So they're they're collecting a little bit. And it's incredible what's happening. It's short term and long term. It's bizarre. It's so wild. They gave a, a twenty. A, he's going to be twenty eight. Carlos Correa, a twelve year deal. I mean, now he'll be forty, and you'll figure it out by then. But right. that that is a youth forward. Old guys, high AAV, short term deal. Young guys, a long term deal. Like it's it's. It's beautiful. But but Verlander talked about like the mindset, um, his intensity, the things that he's learned about his body. These are things that he can communicate to other players, not just. So I love Jacob deGrom. Again, Jacob deGrom is the best baseball player I've ever seen in my life. Position player, pitcher. What he's capable of doing on the mound is the best thing I've ever seen. It's it's a true highlight. I love Jacob deGrom. I think he's. like a, a fantastic person, but I think the way he goes about his business, he's a very, I'm going to do my work. You guys can come hang out, but I'm not going to, he's not like, I, I don't, again, I don't want to say it in the wrong way. Cause he's not a bad teammate in any sense of the word. He might've just not been what this team was looking for. I think I think the fact that he left made it okay for them to get a guy like Verlander who has the Scherzer mentality of grind it out, get your teammates along. Because Jacob DeGrom's going to do, he's going to be incredible, but he's going to do what he needs to do. He's going to focus on himself. He's not bad. He's not not talking to his teammates. I'm not saying that, but he ultimately is, you know, focused on himself, which is fine. It's it's a lot of guys are like that and it's not bad, but if you're capable of taking a smaller deal for a guy like Verlander, because of that mindset, I think that fits the mold of what they wanted anyway. Cause Martino said right before they went to the, the press conference, Martino said that Justin Verlander wasn't plan B to Jacob deGrom. Right. I think that's true. I think they wanted Jake, but I don't think, I think it's a Freddie Freeman style thing where they're like, look, this is what we can offer you. We would love you to come back, but we're not going to extend ourselves right. to bring you back just because you've been in a Mets uniform your whole life. Love it or hate it. I still wish he was a Met. I, uh, bottom line, I would take the Grom over Verlander for my own personal reasons. But I see a vision for them choosing Verlander over that. He fits the mold. Scherzer fits the mold. And everything I've heard about Carlos Correa and all the evidence points to him being that kind of guy too. A guy that will rally the troops, a leader in the clubhouse to push example out front. It's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's weird because I, I still remember that initial DeGrom reaction I made and it was very solemn and, you know, kind of down. And last year we we had the response to to Matt the Matt swerve to St. Louis that I keep bringing up, and the this doesn't feel like a, a swerve and a pivot. This felt this felt like the plan all along. The plan was exactly what you said: the Freddie Freeman scenario. Here's what we can offer you. If not, we're going to pivot and do everything else we want to do. And I'm sure that if Jacob Degrom wanted to come and win a World Series, he maybe saw that vision in the Texas Rangers, but. 
I don't think there's a better place to be right now than the New York Mets. And he got what he wanted, and that's okay. But I think that Steve Cohen and their brass, they want their own core. They don't want to hold on to the relics of the core that they inherited. They want their guys. And now they have their guys. They have the the five guys out in the field, the two guys at the top of the rotation, and kept all the guys that they really handpicked and drafted. This is their team now. There's no Wilpon-esque element to any well, I mean. This. McNeil and Alonso were a previous regime, correct? I think I think of them more as like Alderson, who is still a guy that's present. In, yeah, I'll give you that. Office. So it's you know it's a mix and match. There are some caveats to it, but this really feels like they're a different they're handpicking. Era. They're handpicking yes. talent and mentality, which is yes. it's it's you talk about a, a vision for an organization. This is a literal vision for an organization, a, a style of guy that they're going after, and. Uh, when when the the initial Mets connected to to Correa were going on, that Steve Cohen was quoted as saying like, "Ah, we were just late to the party. It wasn't yeah. that we weren't interested; we were just late on it, and we missed out." I, I don't think that it was on their radar of possibilities, to be honest. And then yeah. another window of opportunity, and I think the the fear of missing out and saying oh man we could i really could have loved having him a part of this organization and then that that door cracked back open and they said come back uh, i instant regret um yep. but man it's it's fantastic it's it, so the rotation is who's your who's your one by the way who's your number one my one is the reigning american league Cy Young, justin berlin okay. so i think scherzer is their opening day starter because he I'll, was here. I'll throw some money on it you wonder who gets the opening day not who gets game one uh, the apart series? from the fact that if they're both healthy and they both right, don't yeah, have any setbacks yeah. in spring train yeah, yeah i'll give you a i'll uh what do you want to put on it what are you comfortable i'll, put, I'll throw i'll throw okay. 50 on it all right deal right. virtual shake, virtual shake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think scherzer is is because i feel like scherzer was late to the party in detroit and verlander was already established there right uh, so Verlander was a the guy there. I bet Scherzer's like, I've, I've worn this uniform longer than you have. So take a back seat. <laughs> yeah, uh, one but year in, in my head, I think Verlander's the, the ace. I think yeah. Verlander's proven um, off Tommy John, older, yeah. that reigning Cy Young, a 175 ERA, that he's the one. So you got Scherzer and, and Verlander. You have Quintana, Senga. Carrasco, and Senga. Then yep. you have McGill and Peterson crazy seven legit uh the bullpen now we we'll we'll talk about it again could change honestly edwin diaz uh david robertson you have uh drew you have brooks raley and that's a four though those are uh wait 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 hold on oh and uh adavino Adavino. yeah so you have four solid corner pieces plus Brooks Raley. Uh, that's five legit pieces in your bullpen without Nagosik and guys that are kind of question or your guys, Montez de Oca. <laughs> yeah. He's um, in my rear view mirror now. So okay. yeah. Uh, then you have an amazing defensive lineup. You have a, a platinum glove playing third base. You have a platinum glove playing shortstop. You have Jeff McNeil, who should have won a gold glove. Should have won a gold glove, at least should have been a finalist, but played gold glove caliber second base. You got Pete Alonso, who's very 
serviceable at first base. You have a solid core behind the plate. And then you have Canna, Nimmo, and Starley Marte. Like, it's wild. We kept saying throughout every free agent episode, this is good. This is going to get the team back to a winning model. You know, I think I said a couple times, I don't know if you if you can really beat 101 wins, but like, you know, if you get to 90 wins, you're a competitive team, you have a chance. This team, I think, is now better than last year. I think it's you can definitively say that. I think there's some hitches to that. Maybe, you know, you, you lost a couple bullpen pieces. Jacob deGrom's not in the fold anymore, but he also wasn't there for the whole year. This team, in my opinion, might be the best Mets team in history. And they have to go out and they have to win, obviously, to, you know, usurp the 86 and 69 teams. But I think we're looking at potentially the best Mets infield in history, potentially the best Mets 1-2 in their history, and potentially the best back end of the bullpen if they make one more move, which unfortunately we didn't get to talk about for other reasons. I, I think I think it's... Um... You got to win the NL East now. You have yeah, to. Have to. You have to I'm beat the Phillies and the and the Braves uh, and the Marlins and Nationals, of course. But good man, you, you have to. Yeah. And if you're the Marlins, you have to trade Sandy. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Probably to the Mets. Um, <laughs> he would be. All right. Good, by the way, I think yeah, it's wild. So tie a, tie a bow on this one. Yeah. So he to me, it's it's World Series or bust now. It is for the, for more the next, so than last year, which for the next impossible. two years, for the next two years, it's world series or bust. Yeah. You Crazy. can have a very good year. Like it's, it's, it's not, you can have a successful year. They had a good year last year and they came up year. short Yeah, and um, they tried the same formula, but they also supplemented it with great moves to me. You have to win the NL East now uh, and you have to, to get to the, the world series. You have to yeah. get to the world series. You, you never know what's going to happen, but um it's world series or bust you have to show progress that's that's really it and you know it's yeah. kind of h- tough to top 101 wins but you can really make a statement because the mets have only won two division titles this century you know since 2000 they've only won the nl east twice what year 2000 and 2015 um oh, okay. and that's it so i mean yeah. oh i'm sorry oh six they won so maybe three times um point is do you need to make a statement by beating the big brother that has been the Atlanta Braves? You need to make a statement by beating the other team that spent a boatload of money in the Philadelphia Phillies. And you really need to prove yourself to be this powerhouse. That's not only just spending money, but putting the talent on the field and producing outside of that money. So it's going to be yeah. a really fun season. What? New York Mets. What? A, I'm still Stunned. blown away. Stunned. Stunned. Hey, right, I, buddy. Think, I think we did an okay job, though. Holly Jolly, Holly Sleepy Jolly. Jolly. What do you I'm got? Not sleepy anymore. Was sleepy Good. this morning. I've been uh, slowly drinking coffee. I had a three-year-old sneak into the bed at like two in the morning, and he's about he's... this big, but he wants to sleep <laughs> this way. And I just kicked in the face, and he was going, um, "Dad, Dad, Carlos Correa hasn't met Dad." <laughs> I, I, I literally like he he pushed me and said, "Turn your phone off," because I was like, you know, <laughs> he kicked me, and I looked over and I see this. Um, just happy happiness going on. Oh, Gelbs replied to you, by the way. Yes, yeah, so really, really funny. We were supposed to have Steve Gelbs on potentially today, and that it's probably a good thing that that didn't happen. I think would have been yeah, fun, but that's wild. We'll get him. I, I love Gelbs. We'll we'll see him in January. Yes, we will. Um, I'm gonna get Correa to come on. We'll see if we can do right, that. You got you got the connects, man. You he's got that. commitments now, so yeah. he's got he's got a he's got to talk to us. Do right? some stuff. <laughs> All right, my All right, man. man. 
All right, Mets fans, take Merry care. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever it is, happy holidays to you. Mets fans, uh, buy some jerseys, yes. fill some seats. Um, I'll see you in spring training at some point, right? Yeah, man. Hell That's yeah. That's exciting. This is bananas. Absolutely bananas.